I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. So today, I want to talk about... So one of the things, uh, when people ask me what the hardest part of my job is, I often say that I know things, and I'm excited for things, and I've worked on stuff, and I'm really passionate about it, and then there's like 16 months to a, two years where I can't talk about it, where like I've done something, and then I have to wait for you guys to see it before I can talk about it. Um, and I, I, I've mentioned that a lot. That's a line I use a lot. But one of the things I never talked about is kind of behind the scenes of what is it like to know things but not to talk about them. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of from our vantage point of behind the scenes and give you guys some insight into what it's like to see spoilers from our side of the wall, if you will. Um, okay, so once again, let me explain the timeline. Uh, let me start by explaining how the timeline works. So I, um, I do advanced planning uh, many, many years ahead of time. Um, and then there comes a point where eventually I start doing what's called exploratory design. And exploratory design is a couple, I don't know, two, three years out. Um, and I do exploratory design, and then we get to design, and I do design. Um, and when I hand design off to development, um, there's anywhere between 16 months and two years uh, before the set's going to get released. So when I hand off the set, I do my work. I, you know, My team and I, we work real hard. We make something. There's just a big gap between when I hand it off and I go on to the next thing and you guys all seeing it. Um, so, like, I always talk about how I'm, I tend to get very excited when I talk about stuff. And part of it is, let's say Kaladesh, for example. So, I handed off Kaladesh to development. Um, when do we have, I think that was in the summer. Is that right? Uh, oh, no, in the spring. In the spring of 2015 for a set that we released in the fall of 2016. So 16 months ahead of time. And I was really proud of Kaladesh. I was super, super proud of it. I, I liked what we did. Um, I liked the mechanics. I liked how the set played. I liked the feel of the set. Um, I also was really happy with all the work other people had done, the world, the creative had made. Um, I thought development had done a wonderful job. But I just had to sit on it because I wasn't, you know, until it's public knowledge, I, I can't talk about it. Um, but, um, one of the things I do get to do, uh, for those that follow me on my blog, blogatog on Tumblr, um, I do answer questions. And so one of the things that, that I have opportunity to do is I have opportunity to make, like one of the things that might be fun if you've never done this before is go back on my blog, go back, go back a couple years. It's fun to read answers that I gave and then understand the context of when I gave the answer. Um, I love, on my blog, I have a lot of fun um, giving answers that are more meaningful once you understand the context. So a lot of times I'll give answers that at the time, it's an answer and whatever, but we look back and are like, oh, did, did he say this? You know, uh, and I do that a lot. Um, one of my tricks, by the way, is I just answer a lot of questions. So how, how can I answer questions that sometimes have interesting information in them? Well, you don't know which ones I'm answering that have interesting information in them. So... Um, people have learned to extrapolate, and a lot of times I'll say things, and people will go off and assume maybe I mean something, uh, and often I don't, but sometimes I do. So um, one of the things that's fun looking at my blog is I definitely have fun when people sort of ask questions in areas that I know we're going. Um, and so, like I said, if, if you've never had the joy of uh, looking back at my blog and reading things, 
uh, with the a modern day eye of what I answer, you'll get a, you can get a sense of some of the fun that I have. The thing is, it's one of those things where I have to be very subtle about it because I, I don't want to draw attention to the fact that I'm I'm sometimes making teasing remarks. Um, so, I, I, like I said, and you'll never know quite which ones are which because uh, I answer a lot of questions and say I, I tease a lot of sort of different things. Um, but it, it is fun going back. And so one of the things that we do on our side is um, we are very active in being aware of what the players are saying. Like one of my jobs, I mean, one of my many jobs, I wear many hats, but uh, one of the things to do my job to be uh, the head designer is I want to be aware of what people want and what people think of what we do and what people think, you know. And so I'm, all, I'm on the Internet all the time reading stuff and looking at what people are saying and you know, I, I want to get a sense of where do people, what are people, well, a couple different things. One is, I'm curious what you guys just want. So I spend a lot of time and energy. I mean, you all talk with me a lot too. So I, I get a lot of people directly addressing me and asking for things. Um, but also I ask questions. One of the things on my blog, if you guys follow my blog, is I often ask questions. Um, not every question is relevant to the future, but some are. Um, and often I will ask things which are, oh, that's an interesting question. Okay, how do you guys feel about this? And I, I will ask questions on my blog all the time. Uh, and then I will, when I ask a question, I go back and I read to see what people say because I, I do want to know. Um, and the questions will be all over the place. Um, some of the times I ask questions that are very relevant for the immediate future. Sometimes I ask questions that are uh, more farther future. Sometimes they're not directly relevant, but it's still things that might shape where we go. And um, one of the things that is important is um, as much as possible, you know, I... I and my team and all of R&D, we, we want to make the game that you want. We want to deliver on something that you guys are happy to have. Um, and so one of the things we spend a lot of time on is sort of looking at and seeing uh, you know, what, what it is you're asking for. Um, also, you guys make a lot of guesses. So one of the things that's fun is um, when you guys are sort of uh, like... Little by little, we will put out clues, you know. Like, for example, the very first thing we tend to do is we will announce the name of a set. Usually, we'll show you a logo. Sometimes, we'll show you what we call the key art. Um, but we, we usually give you at least the name and some little tidbit to sort of give a general sense of where what the set is. Not a lot. Um, you know, Amonkhet got announced. Okay, you, you definitely got a sense there's a little bit of Egyptian feel to it. And you got a sense that Bolas was involved. But that's, that's really all you know. It's... Um, you know, Kaladesh was... Well, Kaladesh had the advantage of being introduced in Magic Origins. So that's a, a slightly different case. Um, or like Khans of Tarkir. Like, we showed you an image. You definitely got a sort of feel for it. Um, you didn't know when we announced Khans of Tarkir, for example, that it was a wedge set. We didn't say that. Um, but you did get a sense of it. it. had sort of an Asian feel. And there was warlords. And, you know, there definitely was a, a sense we wanted you to get. And so the very first thing we do is we announce the name of the set. And then you guys start figuring out what you think it is. Um, some of which, hopefully, is correct, because we want to we tease you and point you in the right direction. Um, but then you tend to go beyond that. And then what happens is, from that day forward, different information comes out. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways and lots of information. I, I'm not even talking about leaks. I, I mean, legit, like, things we do. Um, you know, at some point, we have to um, ask people to order their products, so sometimes there's a little bit of information there. Um, you know, and along the way, different things come out and different um, information happens. And so it is fun watching all of you. Like, there's a period where you guys are trying to figure out what the set is. Uh, and we give you clues, and then you guys try to piece it together. While you're piecing together, we're watching. You know, we're always watching. Because we're, 
we're very eager to figure out what you think is going on. What do you, you know, like, what do you think the set might be? And how excited are you? You know, and that one of the things about working on a set for so long and being really excited is there is great. I mean, one of the great joys of my job is that I get to do something that makes people happy. You know, not everybody gets a job that let the end result of the work they do is happiness. You know, a lot of, a lot of positivity comes out of, of magic and people, you know, it's, it's an entertainment for people. It's a release. It's something fun. People, you know, people do it because it's happy. You know, it, it, it makes them happy. Uh, and that's awesome, by the way. You know, um, I mean, there's many awesome, there are many important jobs that do great things. And I don't think every job necessarily needs to create happiness, but I luckily have a job that does and it's fun. So I want to see you guys. When we announce something, I want to see what you guys think. I want, you know, so not only am I on my blog, and you guys respond all the time on my blog, but I, I'm also on social media. I want to I wanna see what you guys think. And that's true of all of R&D. R&D is very active in looking and seeing. Now, we don't always comment. Um, be aware that we, we, we uh, lurk a little more than we post uh, in this, these kind of stuff because we want to hear what you have to say. And it's not our goal to point you in any direction. Um, the, the one thing I will say is every once in a while... Um, one of the things, the reason I monitor things is, in general, I don't want to tell you yes or no. I don't want to tell you, I want you to have fun of figuring out what something is. Um, the only time I tend to intervene is when enough people convince themselves of something that the whole group just becomes convinced this is what's going to be, and it's not what's going to be. Uh, I'll, I'll give the perfect example, which would be contraptions. Um, Kaladesh, it's a world of invention. It's a world of artifacts and there's a lot about it that could lead someone to believe that that's where we would make contraptions. There's a, philosophically, contraptions make some sense there. Um, as I explained in my column, I, I do believe that contraptions weren't a perfect fit. I believe contraptions, to me, have a little more of a, of a Rube Goldberg feel, some things slapped together, and that um, one of the things about Kaladesh was it was a world of, of art, where each object is, you know, carefully crafted. And contraptions and that sort of world of beauty didn't quite mesh together. Um, also, I really wanted to do energy. I knew, I, you know, the thing, the space that contraptions would have had to live is where energy was, and I wanted to use energy. There are also smaller things like we didn't have goblins, and I would want to bring, um, you know, if when, when I finally did contraptions, I'm going to want to do Steamflugger Boss because he started it all. Uh, and I can't do Steamflugger Boss in a world that doesn't have goblins. So, anyway. So there's a bunch of reasons why we didn't do uh, contraptions in Kaladesh. But the interesting thing is you guys were very convinced that we were doing them. And there was a lot of reasons. You know, it's one of those things where there, there are all these signs that pointed to, to us doing them. Like, I was very excited. I was really, really excited for Kaladesh. And I, I, I let that be known. Um, like, one of the things, by the way, is while I can't um, tell you things, you know, until it's time for me to talk about it, I can't tell you. I have learned that I can share my excitement. You know, if I'm really excited for something, I will share the excitement. Um, I was super, super pumped for Kaladesh. Many, many months, long before I could talk about Kaladesh, I made it clear I was excited for Kaladesh. Um, and so, for example, my excitement for Kaladesh, people knew that I had promised one day to make contraptions. So they're like, oh, Maro seems extra, extra excited. It's an artifact world. You know, it's a world of invention. Okay, it must be contraptions. And so many people were convinced that it was contraptions that I finally actually spoke up and said, okay, guys, it's, it's not contraptions. I don't tend to speak up too often because my goal is I kind of want you guys to have fun and I don't necessarily want to dismiss things because if, if we always dismiss the incorrect things, we're by default telling you sort of what is 
And so we don't want to do that. You know, we want you to guess and have fun. And we very infrequently will jump in. The only time I will jump in is when there's information, when people have coalesced around something that's wrong. Because, because what I don't want is when it's finally time to do previews, what I don't want previews to be is a disappointment where you guys have convinced yourself that it's something and you're looking forward to something and all excited about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's not that thing. And then the previews are about it not being something rather than what it is. I don't want the previews to be a, like a disappointing time where the thing that you've really convinced yourself is true and got excited about isn't happening. Um, now, be aware, it is quite possible for people to think something's happening and have a lot of different people believe a lot of different things. Um, what I'm talking about is there comes a point where enough people believe it that it just becomes the group thing, that the group believes something to be true. Um, so please don't expect us. We don't jump in very often. The only place I really tend to do it is where I just see disappointment happening, where you know, the audience really, really convinces themselves of something that is not going to happen. Um, and, but anyway, okay, so we get to observe. So one of the fun things, um, and this is something that uh, took me years to teach the brand team, is whenever we do something, whenever we give you a little teaser, whenever something, people are going to start guessing at what it is. And one of the things is, if enough people guesses, somebody's going to guess it correctly. For example, I'll use energies. Talk about Kaladesh. When we first... Um, I think when I first, a couple days before, so what had happened was, as you guys know the story, I tried to get energy into original Mirrodin. Uh, it didn't happen. It got just for space. It ended up not making it. Uh, and I wrote an article not, not many years later where I was talking about uh, how R&D uses letters in a code, like how the letters represent things. And we use different letters to mean different things. Like A represents artifact and you know, U represents uncommon and blue. Um, there's just different letters mean different things. And so I was talking about E, and I, I made this cryptic comment of, oh, it's for a mechanic that uh, we were originally going to use in Mirrodin, but we didn't. Well, but one day we'll find a home for it, I think is what I said. And so people started calling it Mechanic E. Maybe even I called it Mechanic E, um, just because it was represented by E. The letter E was used somehow in representing it. Um, and so when... Um, after contraptions weren't there, there's, there are some people... Oh, I talked about... I, I gave in a, a tease. A lot of times what happens is, very early on, when it's too early for me to say anything concrete, I will give very, very vague hints just to get people excited. And, I, and when I say vague, I mean really vague. And this one was like, there's a mechanic that I've always wanted to do in a magic set that's finally getting in a magic set. Now, that's not a lot of information because it wasn't something you knew. It's not like something's returning because then you, you, know, then you could guess because you know mechanics we've done. But me saying this mechanic we've never done that we're finally going to do, well, you don't know what it is. We've never done it. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was giving you something, and it, I, I like to tease you where I can, and early on I have to be very vague in my teasing, but okay. Um, and some people latched on to the idea that, hey, original Mirrodin was an artifact block, and I'd made mechanic key, and maybe mechanic key made sense here. And so there's a lot of banding about it above, ooh, maybe this is mechanic key. Um, and I, a couple of days before the product came out, I said, finally, yep, yep, it's mechanic key. And then somebody in, the th- in, in, in one of the threads guessed almost exactly what energy was, to the T. Um, and one of the things people get nervous about is they go, oh, what happens when someone guesses it correctly? And what I say is, someone always guesses it correctly. If enough people guess, somebody's going to guess it correctly. You know, that, that, the one of the things is the players, I mean, you guys have spent a lot of time and energy playing Magic. You have a sense of how magic works. You have a sense of the kind of things we do. And I'm not saying we can't surprise you, because we do surprise you. Um, but a, a lot of, 
You know, a lot of if a lot of people guess something, so, there's a good chance somebody's going to get it correctly. Not always, um, but one of the things you have to be careful of is there's this nervousness that when someone guesses correctly, oh, like oh no, the gig is up. And the answer is no, no, it isn't. If you know we have something and a hundred people all make a guess, well, those are a hundred guesses. Doesn't matter that one's correct. Y- you guys don't know which one is correct. Um, you don't even know if one is correct. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so. One of the things we have, and I've, I've learned to do this, is not to freak out when someone exactly guesses the thing that you're, that you're big surprise you have. Because um, it's common for that to happen. And so, um, and I know for people that are newer to the system, they're like, oh, no, no, they figured it out, they figured it out. I'm like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Um, and, uh, but anyway, it's, so one of the things we'll do is we'll watch. Um, and we'll, people, will make, people will take guesses and do things. And it's, it's, it is fun to see. Uh, it is neat to sort of see what people think we might be doing. Uh, that is definitely cool. Um, and then, okay, so what happens is the, we have the early phases where we're teasing you and there's not much information. You guys are making guesses. Then we have actual previews, and then previews start. Um, so just so you guys are aware, we spend a lot of time and energy on our end figuring out previews. It is not just like, oh, we don't like put them in a hat and draw one a day or something. Like, we think about, okay, what order do you want to see it in? And, and this is something that's evolved over the time. Um, preview planning is a very careful thing because you want to figure out a whole bunch of things. First off, okay, what are the exciting cards? You know, what, we want to introduce things. What's the best way to introduce things? We want to make sure people understand things. Like, one of the dangers of time is if you introduce a new mechanic with the wrong card, it can lead people down to believe things. You know, or even so, if you just, the first few cards you show imply that the set, that they're endemic of the set. And so if you show the wrong card at the wrong time, people start believing things about the set that just simply aren't true. Um, A good example might be, imagine that you had one card in the set that cared about something, some, some, some element, and then you showed people that first. Well, they might go, oh, that's a major theme. Oh, look, they're going to care about that. And they go, oh, no, 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 that's, that's one card. You know, and so we have to be careful that what we show you early on is both exciting and represents what the set is. Because we want you to get excited, but then we want the payoff to be the excitement you have. You have. So we spend a lot of time and energy on figuring out um, the preview order, and I, I'm in those meetings often. Um, like I need to figure out, for example, like I'm writing articles and things, and like, okay, well, what what article am I going to write, and what do I want to say? So what card do I need to really reinforce the article I want to write? Like, you know, usually a new set's coming, and I'm going to write the design article, okay? Here's how I put it together. Okay, well, what aspect is exciting? On day one, what's the thing I want to go, da-da, we did this, and bam, here's the card. You know, and we want to figure that out. Um, especially in my very first article, because that's sometimes the very first thing people see, or very early thing people see. Um, also, though, like, I do social media, so, like, I get a social media card. But that's a different animal. Like, I, like... For example, if I'm going to write an article, I can really talk about a card and explain a card and give subtext and, you know, I can really set a card up. If I'm doing something on social media, look, the card has got to speak for itself. It's got to be more standalone. That it can't be something that requires a lot of nuance to understand. Like in an article, I can explain the nuance. Um, so that's another big part of figuring out what are the cool cards and where do you want to put them to maximize sort of how the card will be seen. And so, anyway, and... Be aware, there's a lot of places. I mean, we preview a lot of stuff on our site. That's the number one place we preview. But we give preview cards to all our partners, or you know, to different partners and stuff. And there's other websites and magazines and just people around the world. And not, not you know, there are a lot of different languages. And, you know, that, that it's a, 
huge undertaking. And we want, we want to make sure that when we pre- preview something, it's previewed to the world, not just one section of the world, but all of the world. And so, you know, and that means showing off cars in different places that are different languages. And, you know, one of the fun to me of sort of, of the season is, hey, we preview a card in French in France, and then the, the, the internet has to translate and figure out what, it, what does it mean, and, you know. I think that's kind of one of a cool part of it. Um, so what happens is, once we start giving you information, we watch a lot. Because once again, um, we spend a lot of time on this. You know, l- let's take um, Kaladesh. That seems my go-to example today. Okay, so I did advan- advanced work on Kaladesh. I worked a little bit with um, Sean. You know, Sean did Magic Origins, and he sort of wanted to define it. I worked with him a little bit to make sure that the world he was defining something that we could support when we finally went to, Mir- uh, to Kaladesh. Um, you know, and then uh, I did exploratory design. I did design. You know, there was development. There was all the post-development. There was editing. There was, you know, that it's a long sequence of events that we are living with with Kaladesh for, you know, probably three years of act- actively us doing things. And we spend a lot of time and energy. When something is your major project, you pour a lot of time and energy on that thing. You know, when I'm leading something, you know, a good chunk of my brain space, you know, I like... I, I, I say like every day, like some portion of my brain every single day is just running, running issues on whatever the latest problem I'm trying to solve is. And so if I'm trying to do, you know, when I was doing Kaladesh, it's like, okay, well, you know, early on we wanted to feel like an inventor. What does that mean? And what are the mechanics? And how do we do it? And what's this? And what's that? And, you know, where's the synergy? And how do we do this? And how do we match what Magic Origins did? And, you know, and that there are all these problems to solve that I spend a lot of time and energy on. You know, and even then, once I hand it off, even once it's out of, you know, other people are spending their time and energy on, and from time to time, I'm poking back in and making suggestions, and sometimes they'll come and ask me about things, and it's an ongoing thing. So by the time that we, you know, by the time you all see something, we've worked pretty hard on it. You know, this this is some, this is our job. This is what we do, and so, like, one of the great joys of my job is I get feedback on what I do. I mean, there are people that do really, really important things. And, you know, and there's no feedback, you know, that maybe they, they, they make something or do something or whatever, but it, it's, it's not often in a job you get such direct feedback. The fact that I can make something and then as we slowly reveal to the public, I can read pages upon pages of pages of people giving their impressions of what they think. Now, be aware, I should note this is, you do need a thick skin. Um, I mean, I already need a thick skin to do my social media job in general, but... Um, people are pretty blunt. Um, if people like something, they let you know it. If they don't, they also let you know it. You know, um, like one of the things I talk about in R&D is that we're, we're pretty brutal with one another when trying to evaluate things. That if we think something isn't going to work, we don't, we, we'll tell the person, like, I don't think this mechanic is going to work. Um, and one of the reasons it's important to sort of, I mean, A, I, I think it helps us find the, the best things. But also, the public... The public will be both very kind and very mean at times, um, in the sense that you know the things they like, they will like, and they'll be very like it is. It is. It is so much fun to watch people enjoy and get excited by things. Uh, and it, as a general rule, but when we show new things, in general, the vast majority of players are excited. That's what happens. Um, you know, we're, we're good at our job. We understand what excites players. So most of what we do when we show you something, you are excited by it because it, it's it's fun. It's cool. It's something you know. We're, we're showing you, I mean, we always start on the best foot, and we're showing you, like, the essence of the set, and we spend a long time on it, and, look, we do, we do good work, and you guys enjoy what we do. So, 
you know, the most, the most, the biggest experience we get is you guys just geeking out over stuff and getting exciting and oh my God, this, this, and finding combos and talking about what you're going to do. And, um, and so it's fun to read that. It's fun to see you thinking about how you like stuff and what you're going to do with it. Um, now, there's also some negatives. Sometimes we do something and, you know, there are definitely, is, there are naysayers on the internet for, for those that have never been on the internet. Um, and some people just thrive off how stupid we are and how we didn't do this and how we forgot that and, you know, and even even if people like us that, there's some decision we made that they go, oh, I would have made that decision, you know, or we make some card like, oh, this card could have been good, but I don't like what they did with it or why do they, you know, why they make card X instead of card Y, you know. Um, no matter what we do, there's going to be um, both positive comments and constructive comments. Um, and I, by the way, the constructive comments are good. You have to read those. Um, it's just as important to read why people don't like what you're doing as reading why you do like what you're doing. Um, I admit the people liking what you're doing is a lot more fun to read. Um, but people not liking what you're reading is important to read as well. Um, and one of the things that I, I definitely sort of have learned over the years is the way you improve is through feedback. That, you know, you need to listen. Like, we make a game for all of you. Well, if you're not happy, then we have failed in what we do. Um, and so part of, part of this whole process, the reason that, I mean, A, there is some fun in watching people get excited about what you've worked on. That's fun. That's enjoyable. Um, but you also want to get an honest understanding of what people thought and why they liked it. Um, because... The next time you make something, if you understand what happened the last time you did it, it allows you to do it better the next time. You know, like I might say, oh, people might, like, here's a real common thing. People go, oh, we want card X. So you make card X. And they're like, well, not exactly what I wanted. And I'm like, okay, I, I did the best I could. You know, like a classic example was uh, the werewolf, the two-sided werewolf, the, the, the transformed werewolf in Ulrich, in uh, Eldritch Moon. It was clear from the first um, Inishrod that people really had wanted a legendary werewolf. Uh, and our werewolves are double-faced, so they really wanted a legendary double-faced werewolf. That's what werewolves are. Um, and at the time, we, we said, oh, well, it causes some problems. and We just won't do one. And the audience was like, no, 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 no. We are not happy about that. Okay, well, I knew going in we wanted to make a legendary werewolf. I, that, that was something very clear we wanted to do. Um, and I knew that the people who wanted it mostly wanted it for Commander, or, or a lot of them wanted not everybody, but a lot of them wanted it for Commander. So we wanted to make sure that the, the card played well in Commander. Um, but after we put the card out, after it was released, people were like, oh, no, 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 no. What we wanted was a legendary werewolf with tribal components to it. Um, because we're going to build a werewolf deck, and we want it to help werewolves. Um, and so it's the kind of thing where, well, we didn't... We understood they wanted a commander card, and we understood they wanted a legendary werewolf, and what we were trying to do, interestingly enough, was make a legendary werewolf that could be played many different ways. We said, okay, let's give you a legendary werewolf for commander, but make it open-ended enough that there could be three or four different decks you could build with it. And the feedback we got after it came out was, no, 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 what we wanted was one deck, and you didn't give us the card for that one deck. You know, um, and, like, one of the things is... That's why it's really important to sort of read the feedback in the comments because, you know, sometimes you'll do something and you'll, to the best of your ability, try to make something. And then after the fact, you know, it's like, oh, okay, we missed something. We didn't understand something. And what you want is to understand what that thing is because we're going to make mistakes. That's, that's human nature. 
I, I like to not repeat mistakes where I can help it. I don't like to make the same mistake again. Um, and so that's something where you want to learn and you want to read it. Um, the other thing that's very fun is as we slowly release the block, people like people guess what ma- what the what a set is the whole time. But it's neat to watch as we get closer to it of people making more educated guesses. Because once we start showing you a few cards, like, okay, I now know the mechanics. Now, now that I know the mechanics, what kind of cards do I think R&D would make with these mechanics? Um, and it's neat to see. You know, it's neat to see what you think and where you do and how we'll do it. And, and um, So anyway, we put out stuff. You guys start making comments. We look at the comments. Um, and then um, the next start is when you guys sort of, the next level is when you guys start getting your hands on it. Um, and, and that's a different sequence, like when you guys start getting to play with it. Um, I talk a lot about how uh, looking at something is very different than playing with something. And so we are interested in what you think when you look at it, that's important to us. But we're also equally important about what you do when you play it. So one of the things that happens is um, R&D, uh, we like to go out to pre-releases. Uh, and in fact, what we will do usually, at, we, on Tuesdays we have a thing called the Magic Meeting, Tuesday Magic Meeting, uh, which happens on Tuesday afternoons. And usually after a pre-release, people will walk through and talk about where they went for the pre-release and what they saw. Um, because one of the things that's important is, not only do I want to know what you think of something, I also want to know how it made you feel. Was it fun to play? When you actually put it in your deck and played with it, how was it? And um, and that's why, and another thing that's fun, by the way, is, you know, just like it's fun to watch people experience cards for the first time, like, on the internet, it is also a world of fun getting to see people experience cards for the first time in person. Like, one of my favorite experiences ever, it's uh, the story I tell, is I went to the Invasion pre-release. At the time, we had the tournament center in, uh, near the University of Washington, which was like our, this is back when Wizards had Wizards of the Coast stores, and this was like our biggest store. Um... And it had a basement where there were pre- a really big basement where pre-releases would happen. So I went with my um, my wife Laura and my daughter at the time, uh, Rachel, who you guys know from replies with Rachel. Rachel was like six months old, and we went to a pre-release. And Invasion, for those that don't remember, had the split cards in them. So the two cards that are two cards on one card. Um, and I originally, for those that know the story, I tried to do them in Unglue Two. Uh, the unset they never happened. Uh, and then when an Invasion came along. Uh, I was on the design team with um, Bill Rose, who ran it, and Mike Elliott, and I pitched to Bill the idea of the pitch cards. Um, I did a whole podcast on this. Uh, Bill, Bill liked it. I liked it. Uh, I think Richard liked it, and that was about it. Um, and we really had to work hard to convince the rest of the company that we should make them, and we did eventually. Um, and now this is back in the days where the internet wasn't quite... Well, I mean, it, it, internet existed for sure, but it wasn't... The information wasn't spread as, as widely as it is now. So what happened was, I'm sitting there, and I, I get to watch people open up the booster packs. And a lot of them had no idea what was in the magic set. So one thing about a split card is, a split card is not your normal magic card. It's, too, it's like two little mini magic cards on a card. The first time you ever draw a split card, um, it, is, it is quite the look. And so the idea of having a chance to watch people open packs, and um, there wasn't one in every pack. Um, they were, there was an uncommon cycle. And there were five of them, and I don't remember how many, 60, 80 uncommons or something. Um, so it's the kind of thing where you, they would show up, um, let's say there were five. If it was 60, uh, it showed up one in every 12 packs. If it was 80, it was one in every, what's 80 by 14 packs. 
Um, so the idea essentially is if I watch people open, and not everybody opened one, but, you know, uh, I think when you do limited, uh, what do you get now? You get five packs. So about every third person maybe I'd see them open, open one. Um, and it was so much fun. So much fun to watch somebody open a split card. Like, try to wrap their brain around what they had just opened. And then, like, watch, like, because the card didn't give you the clues to figure it out. And I could see them figuring it out. So, like, this one guy opened it. And he's, like, taking it back. And then he's like, what? And he's, like, trying to, like, like, wrap his brain around it. And a little, like, I could see he figured it out. And there's this big smile on his face. Um, and, and that's a lot of fun. Like, just as much as reading online, it's fun seeing people in person. I love going to pre-releases. I love watching people open cards. I love, you know, just seeing people experience magic cards for the first time, playing for the first time. Um, I often, I like to talk to people. One, one of the things that's really important to me is I love first impressions. Whether it's first impression from seeing the card, first impression from playing the card. Um, and so one of the things that I do, I do in my blog, I do in other places, is I will ask questions. I, I love to sort of get a sense of what people think about things. I always encourage people to tell me their first impressions. Um, or impressions in general, not just first impressions. Um, but anyway, so, you know, we go to stores and we have our meeting and we'll, we'll walk through and oh, I went to this store and the, the, here's who showed up and here's the kind of stuff and here's what they thought and here's what the rules questions were. And we run, we run through the whole gamut of trying to understand sort of what we had done and, and what the feedback was. Um, and so, and then eventually the set comes out and all along the way, the, the, from everything, from us telling you the first teasery teaser thing we could... Um, out to the point where, like, okay, the, you can buy the cards. They're on sale. Um, we're monitoring that from our side all the time. That it is, it is an exciting time. I mean, I know it's an exciting time for the players. It's really exciting to learn new stuff. But it is equally exciting for us. It, um, one of the things, like, I, I, I'll do my little parent thing, is that, you know, you're a kid and you open up presents. And you're like, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing more awesome than opening presents. And then one day you become a parent. Uh, and watching your kids open the presents is really exciting, you know, that it's, it is really, it's, it's great fun watching people, you know, like it, for, for me as a parent, like it's fun to find a gift that I know my kid's going to really like, but something they have no idea I'm going to give them and then watch them open it and see it and just see like the joy in their eyes. There's a real similarity there of just watching like, um, a good example was double face cards. I went through a lot to get double face cards made. You know, um, we had originally done them in another game of ours called Tool Masters. We were trying to figure out how to do Werewolf. Tom Lapilli suggested it. Um, we tried a whole bunch of different things. Finally came to the conclusions that double face cards was the right way to do it. Um, I had a lot of internal fighting to get them done. A lot of people thought it was, we were crossing a line we should never cross. But finally I got them out. And so when it was time to do Innistrad, it was time to show... In fact, the way we showed off the double face cards was we did a party uh, at PAX. And so we did, at some point, we had a big unveiling thing where we showed off three cards, and then we had music, and then we flipped the three cards to show the back. But what happened was, like, uh, we were trying to say, get it? Ha-ha, front, back. A lot of people were like, okay, you're showing us three different cards. I don't, uh, why are you showing us three different cards? Like, they didn't understand that they were physically the front and back of the same card. And so what had happened was, I had actually, I had one of the double-faced cards, and then afterwards, I'm talking to people. Like, I remember, ironically, talking to Trump, who now works for us. Not Trump. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Trick. I apologize. Uh, uh, Trick Jarrett, who now um, oversees a lot of the uh, online media stuff. Um, I remember he was at the party at Innistrad, and he didn't quite get it, and I had the card in my hand to show him what it was. And when you first understand that, like, it's a magic card, and both sides 
have, you know, that is so exciting. That is so, it is, I mean, it's, it, you can see their eyes light up and they're like, oh, what? You know, uh, and just getting to experience that is cool. So, like, it's neat when you do something and you push boundaries and you really sort of, you know, make something extra, extra special. Um, it is really, really cool to, to, to watch the audience react to that. Like, you know, I mean, I try hard every magic set to make an awesome magic set. And I always want to see what people think of every set, you know. Um, but especially when I have a set where, like, I was doing something extra special. Um, for example, like energy. I spent 14 years getting energy into magic. I really, it really meant something to me. What, what did people think of energy? You know, the double face cards. I worked so hard to get double face cards in Innistrad. What did people think of double face cards? Same with split cards in Invasion. Um, you know, uh, I, I had spent, uh, I think, 14 years also trying to get poison back in the game. Someone finally poisoned. I want to see what people thought, you know, and that, you know, I, I'm always invested. I'm always excited. I mean, obviously, every set I do, I, I pour my heart and soul into, so I, I always care. Um, but there's always, every once in a while, special things that are like, wow, that, that was an extra special something I, I set, did, managed to do something, and I really want to see what people think. So, um, so from our end, if you're wondering what goes on, we're watching. We're looking. We care. We want to know what you think. Um, when you guys spend pages and pages and pages going off on the latest thing, we'll read that. And not just the positive stuff. We'll read the negative stuff. You know, you like it, you don't like it. We want to know, and that's really important. Uh, and from that, we make things better. So anyway, I'm almost to my daughter's school, so I have to wrap this up. But most of the point of today is to sort of give you just a different vantage point of, um, I, I know really on, on your end, it's kind of like we tease you a little bit and then uh, we finally give information. But we, we are just as excited for you all to learn the information as you are to learn the information. We are just as excited. Um, sometimes maybe more excited. I don't know. You guys get pretty excited. Um, but... So anyway, just uh, I don't know, just uh, a thought from 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 the other side um, that it's it is just exciting us. That's an exciting time for us, and, and we love to watch it. So anyway, that was today's podcast to sort of give you a sense of uh, our side of what it's like when we reveal stuff and the excitement that comes from that. So anyway, uh, I'm now pulling up to Rachel's school, so we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys. Bye bye.